You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. You know, and I tell you what, it, it this last weekend, Chris, it was, I was just kind of mentioning before the show, we had, uh, I've got, uh, I don't know, a good dozen agents on our team that are out there trying to do virtual opens. And so we did a an event um, this weekend where we had uh, 12 agents um, pushing in live uh, video feeds from Facebook into the event. And it, it was like, it was, technology is fun anyway, but when it's not working and timing itself perfectly. So we, we had some of us that were live and it was working perfect, like at right at 9 a.m. By 11, when we were, because we're going every 15 minutes, right? And by 11, the videos would disappear. They weren't on the feeds. They would show up three hours later. Um, some of our guys didn't have their videos even show up until Monday. And it showed that the videos were going live on Monday. But the good news was, is we had over 2,700 views on the videos. Um, you know, I, I was I was pretty happy with that. I mean, trying to be different, right? Get something. It's 2,700 more people than saw it before. So that's good. <laughs> that's, that's true. So that's um, good, I'd say that's a pretty good open house. I, yeah. I mean, well, 2,700. Yeah. And then you wonder, you know, how many are agents, how many are whatever, but that's okay too, because the agents have the buyers, right? So right now I'm seeing a gigantic concentration of people that have representation with real estate agents that are coming to the houses and they're using those agents more now than ever. Um, I, I would bet it's like 95%. It's, it's really high. What's 95%? What'd you say? Hey, pick up, pick up that cup next to you and take a swig of your coffee. I, I got to turn this volume up. Yeah. Turn up. Not good. Well, turn hey, up by the way, hey, I've got lots of new things to talk about too. Yeah. No, I was, what I was I saying. I have a Mac. That's true. So you're at a yeah. disadvantage right out of the yeah. sheet. I know. And I'm learning how to do it. Oh, here's the volume button. All right, so I'm learning how to do that. Yeah, the uh, no. What I was saying was the the high concentration of people that are uh, approaching our listings as listing agents. So people that are coming in that are represented by real estate agents is unusually high right now, um, higher than I've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my god, that's awesome. Uh, good for you, Andy. Uh, that's neat. Let's go. This is uh, this is my old Rooney icon. Oh, nice. I like it. Thank you. Whenever I'm having a little stressful Rooney moment, I. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get on to the. Uh, I'm going to get on to your questions here again. We'll. Uh, you do such, such a good presentation. I think it's uh, awesome. Yeah. Oh my God! It's going to hit at the end of the thunder. All right. So I'll tell you what. Um, so last week's questions, you guys that are watching, um, here we go. It's going to go away now. All right. So last week's questions, we had a couple people call in um, or actually text the questions in through Facebook. Um, Chris, the first question is, at what time was your lowest point in your real estate career and why? That's a, it's a good question. And obviously, I saw these questions ahead of time. And um, I, I thought about that one a lot. And I'll tell you, I've been, you know, I've been 29 years now going, this will be my, this will be my 30th year. 
And um, I'll tell you, you know, you think that these now or back in 2008, but my lowest point in my real estate career was about two months in. So in my first six months, I couldn't sell nothing. And, uh, you know, and I was very fortunate that my mom and dad were both realtors. And so I had a really good end, you know, and, uh, and I couldn't sell a thing. And, you know, at that time, being a 23-year-old uh, realtor, Acme uh, realtor, right out of college, you know, you, you had to know more than the other people because if they were older, they were like more experienced and people would go to them. You didn't have the internet to go grab leads and stuff. So right. um, kind of at the beginning, it was, it was the lowest. And to be honest with you, I really thought about getting out of it. Um, at the, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And have you revisited uh, that thought recently or? Yes, many times. And uh, no, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, Suggestion I, I, was gonna, I was just going to bartend. I was a really good bartender. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I, and I loved it. I love bartending. I actually ended up buying a restaurant at, at a point in my career and I'm going to have one again. So I just you need, uh, you need a tax write off or. It's a new type of bartending though, that you don't have to do any of the prep work or none of the cleanup work. You just come in when the clients are there. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. The, you? Uh, you know, for myself, I think there was a couple low points. I think the, the point that um, 2000 and probably nine, there was, there was two points where when I was really getting into with uh, Jeff Zwiefel and a few other guys, helping people do short sales on houses because um, it, it, it defeated me and everything I believed in with people buying houses to empower themselves and build wealth. And I was watching people, you know, lose um, that, that uh, right in front of my face. And it was, you know, I mean, granted now there's, there's lots of, of, I mean, people pulling up in a brand new car and watching their, you know, cable and having their brand new iPhones. And I was looking at it going, you know, the depreciating assets were being invested into at that time and then appreciating or, uh, you know, the um, uh, investments like such as a house, they weren't making the payments. It almost became the pay for everything but your house because um, they had to make decisions. And so they didn't want to change lifestyles. And I just thought there was, I, I, did, I was kind of disappointed in a lot of my um, uh, observations of, of how people were doing things, I guess. So for me, it made me feel like I was I was helping people do the wrong thing sometimes, or it was electively done. Um, and then the second lowest point was October 10th at 10.35 in the morning, uh, 2010, when they took away the uh, tax credit for the, uh, remember they used to have that $8,500 tax credit when you'd buy a house? And I, I thought the whole world was just going to, it was over. Because I, I thought, oh man, we, we need this so bad right now. And they they let the program. I think it was, I think it was 2010. It was not October. Uh, I'm joking with the time and the date, of course, those of you that are Googling it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was something I was like. Say, wow, that was memorable. I was just trying yeah. to be dramatic. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, one of the bright points of my career is meeting you, Andy, and doing the radio show. Me too. I agree. That's why we're still hanging on here. Yeah. You and I will be 95 years old trying to do this. We had a radio show. <laughs> In the old days. Uh, Here's a good one. Do you ever not like your clients? I think in uh, real estate and, and realtors in general, I think everyone thinks we have to be like best friends with our clients. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to be best friends with your clients. But I do think that you're naturally, um, you know, people have choices in which to make. And 
Um, fortunately, we, they, they choose us sometimes, um, but I think people usually like uh, like-minded people. And yep. so uh, you usually tend to, to like your clients. You yeah. know, um, I've, I don't know. I think if, if I get into an a, a, a opportunity where it's not fun, it's not right. fun. I'm not going to do it. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for anybody, you know, to yeah. be able to do it. So, yeah, no. And I agree. I think that, you know, the key word there's clients. So that means they've already hired us. Um, I agree. I won't take on um, a client if I don't agree with, you know, the pricing or if I don't agree with the marketing plan um, or, or something, you know, it's just because when a deal goes bad on the front end, it's easier to just part ways and focus on the customers that appreciate and uh, know um, your value. And so I, I kind of surround myself with clients that appreciate what I do and how I do it. So I get along with those people. You know what I mean? I, I, I work hard for them. They, uh, they in return work hard back, um, getting those houses ready, getting the houses ready to sell. I think if I was ever disappointed with a client though, honestly, was when I used to do investing, um, I'd have investors that were completely cutthroat. Um, it was, you know, some of the decisions that were made, I think, on flips um, that were, you know, where I'd walk away from the deals because I didn't like the way they were, you know, um, taping together something that needed glue. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it, it just was one of those, you know, so I guess I don't have any specific, um, I try to remain on the optimistic side of the, the, uh, the globe. It's, it's nicer there. There you go. All right. All right. Top three most annoying things about real estate in the quarantine area. I'm going to go with number number one is everyone asking how the real estate market is. Oh. <laughs> what? I said number one. I go, Christine. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chris's wife. For those of you that I don't think know. she's the one that listens. Yeah, um, she's a listener. Don't make don't make her mad. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's, I, that's the one I'm saying is that everyone else asks how the real estate market's going. And I think they're surprised when they hear it, you know, that uh, inventory is low and there's multiple offers. And I was just talking to an agent the other day that everyone thinks it's, you know, two fifty to $300,000 house are getting all the showings, but there was one just under 600,000 on acreage that had 18 showings set up on it. So, uh, you know, and they had multiple offers as well. So it's not just, the small properties and uh, it's going good. I just wish, I wish more people would get their houses on the market. But I think one of my, my thing, I agree with you. The inventory is some of the lowest. And, and uh, I had a, used a chart last week that kind of demonstrated that, that inventory now is lower than last year. Um, sales are higher. Um, the average sale price is still trending higher. Um, I agree though. My most annoying, when you say annoying, um, I, I find it annoying when people are disappointed with the answer when they say, how's real estate going? And I say, it's going just fine. And they're like, really? It's like, they want me to tell them that it's doomsday. And, and I'm telling you, the, it, this is my personal observation. Um, I think that there's a lot of people right now that are buying houses under 350 that are way overpaying. Um, I think that market is inflated as fat as it can get. It's appreciated the most. There's the most demand. There's the most pressure on that. And it's, it's kind of like the there's not deals in that price point anymore, but what's a deal? You know, a deal is, is it your affordable payment? Well, then who cares what you pay? Cause you don't, you don't live in the price. You live in the payment every month. Right. So, um, but when you get up into that five, six, $700,000 price range, there's deals. I mean, those houses have not appreciated anywhere near at the same clip that the under three fifties have. And so if you're in the upgrade market right now, I'm going to flip this from annoying to go for it. 
If you're in a position to upgrade right now, it is a fantastic time to upgrade. Probably one of the best I've ever seen. You know, you're getting a good price for your, your medium to entry level house. And then when you go out to buy something, when you're upgrading into that five to seven hundreds, you're getting a great value um, that I can observe anyway. Yeah. And you kick it up a little more too, if it's not some sort of lifestyle property, lakeshore acreage with uh, pole barns and stuff like that, um, you're getting really good deals as well. Yeah. New construction's going good. So it's, it's just kind of one of those things that just, um, I don't know, get out there and see, you know, what, what else we got. So that's two, we need one more top three. Um, well, annoying. Like, so the, the customer that right now is ignoring the, the health risk that's out there and saying, I don't care if you want my business, you have to come out and show me the house. And there are some people that are bucking the system um, and are not, you know, kind of respecting the, the kind of general social rules we've put into play um, because they don't believe in them. You know, the, the customer that forces the handshake or the, you know, the, some of those things are just a little awkward right now. And I, I just, regardless of your belief structure, if you're, you know, panicked about this and locked up in your basement, or if you're out there trying to shake the hands, I think just there should, there needs to be some balance of respect um, that, that I, I'd consider that to be less annoying if we'd respect each other and understand that the other side isn't, you know, quote, stupid because they believe that it's, it's, um, it's their beliefs. It's, you know, it's, you know, yeah, I don't, to me, it's whatever anyone wants to do, you know, they can do whatever they want, but, um, you should respect, I mean, that it's, it's just like, you know, you're going into a house, you have to respect what they want. Yeah. You know, if they, if they want you to wear a mask and you're like, I ain't wearing no mask, well then you're not showing the house, you right. know, and that's only respectful of that. That's their home. And so, well, I think you, you know might have a lot, you know, um, balance when we were in that position with CCO where we had, um, we'd have some people that were complete way, way left. And then you'd have somebody, you know, that you'd get these crazy ideas that, well, at least, you know, somebody that's center thought would be, you know, thinking it's a little crazier. And then you'd also get the, the far right side person calling in and you're like, oh my gosh, being in the middle is, is interesting, you know, for sure. And, and trying to get that balance and understand and respect people's beliefs and feelings and motivations, um, you know, I, I think is, is important at, in our job anyway, to really sit down and understand what was that thought or why would they do that? What was the reasoning behind it um, before you get upset, you know, just more spending the time to investigate maybe a little more. Yeah. Next All question. Right. I'm sorry. We just went to the next question. You can't respond anymore. That's what I wanted. Thinking about getting into real estate investing, what advice would you give? Don't do it. How about that? <laughs> I should say that as a realtor. You know, I've done, I did uh, real estate investing um, and a lot of it, I've done flips, done rentals, done uh, everything. And uh, I'll tell you what, if just know what you're getting into. I guess that's my advice. I mean, really study it. If you're going to do rentals, you got to know what the, the negative parts of that are. There's some great parts and um, <laughs> there, there really is. But, you know, like for me, I, I loved getting the deal, but I, then I hated dealing with the people, you know, in the, as from, from a rental situation. Right. Um, I stuck my wife on it, you know, who didn't ever have uh, really property management experience. And uh, she was good. It probably was good. Yeah. Yeah, but um, she also fixed everything that there was, you know. So it got, uh, it, I mean, there, there's a, 
you just got to watch what you do. If you're not, if you're not a handy person, you know, you, it's going to get you because every, every toilet that has gone bad is always on Sunday afternoon. Right. You know? And then you have to get a good person out there. And if you, if you don't know how to do it or you don't upkeep it. And that's one thing that we did at the beginning was we would go out there every 30 days and drop off the rent check and then yep. do checks, make sure that leaky faucets and, uh, uh, furnace filters and all those kind of things were done because that's the things that cause problems later on when you get it back. That leaky faucet has been leaking forever. Now it's, it's ruined the sink and maybe it started leaking on the vanity and then it took that out and then went down to the lower bathroom. Now you got two bathrooms you got to redo because you didn't right. just go look at it. So, you know, and I think investing as well, um, there, it's such a broad, you know, stroke, a brush, if you will, of what can be done with investing. Some people invest into where they live, you know, such as they've never owned a house before, so they're investing in real estate. Other people are looking at, instead of having all of my money in the stock market, I wanna diversify a little bit and put some money into a tangible investment I can see. The one nice thing my dad used to always say, which I, I got a kick out of was, he said, you know, no matter what that house is worth, I can still drive by and touch it. And stocks, you can't do that with. Bonds, you can't do that with. So some of that's imaginary funny money that you're like, why did I make all this money or why did I lose all this money? Some people don't like having all of their investment into that kind of a situation. So something such as real estate or land development or, you know, um, being a, I think one of the other safer ways is, is uh, crowdfunding, um, getting into where you have maybe 10 people and you go into it, you crowdfund it together, meaning you're all owners and, and you have a, an apartment building that you own together. And it's managed by a management company and you're getting a return on your investment. Um, you're not dealing with, like Chris was talking about, people. Or you're dealing with their, their needs, their concerns, their, you know, why they can't pay the rent this month. It doesn't matter to you. You're just, you're the bank. And, and um, that's another safe way um, to get into investing without being so personally invested. Yep. I agree. All so right. just kind of get, get to know what you're getting into. So. With what's happening now, are there any bright spots? And I, yes, I, I do believe there's bright spots. And uh, what those are, um, one that I like is the way closings happen now. I've always been, you know what, the closing is supposed to be good and whatever. So anything that happens at a closing other than good and happy is a bad closing. And now what's happening is that buyers and sellers are both signing at their respective title companies. The title companies are getting together and dispersing it. As I'm sitting here, I just got a notification that one of my houses just closed, you know, and everyone's happy and everyone gets their money and no one was late to the closing and they didn't have to talk about things at the table that last five hours and uh, change keys. I mean, everything is set up. And I really think that's a bright spot and I hope that uh, continues that way. Yeah, I think that, you know, our, our industry, real estate in general has been uh, well known for being a little archaic um, meaning that it hasn't evolved much. It's very old fashioned that uh, the technology aspect, they've tried to replace, you know, some of the process with apps or with information that's available to everybody, but there's still the need to have somebody decipher the information, uh, put it into context. And then, um, you know, like you're saying, like that, what, what I do like is like what Chris is saying, I think it's making us much more efficient. So there's, um, with efficiencies, you know, uh, there's, there's a great advantage. I mean, for, I mean, you don't have to list all the reasons, but I mean, just for an example, like Chris is saying, 
closings now don't take four hours. They can be in and out and done in a matter of a half hour. Um, they're much more efficient. I think that the downside of the efficiency is, is that they don't have the same bonding experience um, that they would as if you were all sitting together and experiencing things face-to-face together. But that's subjective to opinion, I guess. And, and I think that there's you know, some of the new generations that are out there coming along that may not even want to sit down at a closing table with everybody. And they prefer that, you know, click, 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 we're done. Give me the keys, we own the house. And uh, they don't need to have that connection with the previous seller or their real estate agent or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You would you would think, you know, even during this time that maybe even the closing might go a, a step further where we don't have to have wet signatures. Um, right. You know, with all the <laughs> encryptions and everything that you can do, I mean, to sell a place, I mean, uh, you would think that would come into play. Uh, but that hasn't, you know. Well, you know, and that but, comes back to Chris, where there's there's so much fraud, and it's it's if the if the actual um, borrowing uh, public would not commit fraud, mm-hmm. those things could be could be done. Um, I think that what happened was even back in the day with these, you know, the foreclosure crisis in in two thousands. I mean, it was um, we had people that were like, "That's not my signature. I never signed this. This was digitally signed by somebody that wasn't me." And there was verification issues. And then there was, you know, enforcement issues with mortgages. And so with that being the case, the banks are like, okay, fine. We're going to have somebody that can literally, uh, you know, put an actual, you know, um, the. Uh, but what about, what about how they do testing now? You know, there's a lot of them that, you know, you have to, there's a camera on you, you know, and, and maybe while you're signing it, then you have maybe a witness that, that does it as well. And uh I don't know. I think you could. No, I, I, think, I agree. I think I think there's definitely ways to do it. I think those with the money make the rules, and it's obvious that they want it this way. That's why it's done this way. So until those with the money decide to change the rules, which is the banks, I think we're all at the mercy of what they want us to do. I was thinking that was you when you were saying the money, and I'm like, then change them. All right. Hey, let's let's change gears <laughs> quick. Let's go to uh, buying a home. Is it easy? Uh, no. Is it smart? Yes. So we, we kind of cut together a little um, article here. You know, why are people right now, even in these crazy times, buying houses? As always, you know, Chris and I know this, death, new births, divorce, financial hardships, job transfers um, are, are still obviously didn't go away. I'm going to add one too, that they're bored. And, and you know what? They're finding out that they, they can't be in where they're at. And so that, that's another part. Well, I've got two people like that. I, well, I, I tell you what, I jokingly said this. In the last 30 days, I've had more requests for houses with two offices than I ever have had in my life. How about a, a workout room? Where those started going away, now they're like, oh, my God, I wish I had one. Exactly. This is this step. Exactly. Um, you know, but it has shown that showings are down a little bit. Um, no shock there. I mean, it's just we're we're all locked up. It's hard to get everybody out and about. But I don't I don't think that's been affecting the the um there's less showings, but they're still buying the houses with fewer showings. So it um we're still seeing activity. Um this that's is March. That's over a month ago. Yeah, right. Yep. And so this is um, you know, looking at technology here, guys, um, how people are viewing homes, how they're meeting their mortgage professionals. Um, how agents are walking them through the process, just like we're doing Zoom here. Um, th- this technology has been wonderful for us. Um, there, there is a, uh, a comfort level of people being able to, 
you know, if they want to sit in their pajamas at their house and, and talk to these professionals, um, it's easy for the consumer, especially with little kids, um, you know, because everybody understands the families are at home being homeschooled um, and everything else right now. So it's, uh, I think everybody understands it has family. Um, what do you think, Chris? So 100%. I totally agree with everything you just said. Yep. Yep. And then Same like, the Facebook, yeah. And, and Facebook live and some of those other things that are obviously now giving us a little bit of a challenge. I'm sure, you know, we give Facebook a hard time. They're a wonderful tool though, to get the message out to a lot of people. So that that's been working well for us too. You know, the thing when you bring up that, and I remember the question on the bright spot, that's another bright spot is that, you know, people understand that we don't have to all just get together. Uh, immediately, you know, and and meet with each other, that this is a way, it's a great way in which to do it. I mean, I've been doing uh, listing appointments this way, yep. and it's fantastic. And I've been trying to figure that out all the time uh, and trying to do that. But what's always held me back is the thought that, oh, no, you have to go out to the house. So when you say that, hey, this is just the way it's supposed to be, you know, yeah. this kind of helped maybe twist it and saying, you know what, hey, this is a good thing. Because I'll tell you what, when you list a house, it's, it's, they're hiring you. When you're hiring an agent, you're hired an agent. Now yep. there's obviously uh, what we have to sell and that's the house, but you should really get to know your agent and pick them based on what they're able to do, not what they tell you what the price of your house is. Because ultimately that's your decision to make that choice of what it is. It's the agent's job to give you the information to make that decision. That's and true. So, but I think there's a lot of people that try to, you know, say, hey, I'll get you 50,000 more. You know, and yeah. what, you know, they spend more time doing that than saying what they can do. So. Right. And I think that, you know, the other thing is, you know, you look at um, when you're, th that's the, the, the trust you have with your agent to the reputation. And then you can pull up most agents stats and look at, you know, Hey, are they getting, you know, closer to asking price or are they, you know, averaging 15% under asking price on their offers that are accepted. Um, but Chris, this, this uh, question here, or this or comment, I should say, Brings up an interesting point. So if you were to buy a house last December, okay, when you felt good versus buying a house right now, I wanted to show, this is a chart. Um, when interest rates are as low as they are right now, so right now rates are hovering around that 3.3 um, and some are even a little bit less. You can get a, that's a 30 year fixed. I know some of the 15 years are under 3%. They're at 2.7. Um, so you look here on a, so from December to today, the same purchase price, okay, on a $200,000 mortgage, over 30 years of paying interest, you're saving $27,000 over that 30 years less in interest that you're paying when the rate drops just, you know, three quarters of a percent. I, I this wowed me. And then so, you know, obviously double this. So if you're buying a, a $400,000 house, you're talking over 50, you know, what, 50 some thousand. So it, it gets to that point of where this is a really exciting time for those of you that, you know, look at interest rates, you look at payments, you look at um, why are people buying? I think this is why, guys, the smart people are buying, really. Andy, and if, you, if you're, I mean, paying that interest over 30 years, that's, and if you got a rate that's, you know, seven-tenths better than what it was in December and you just pay more, I mean, that number goes up exponentially. You know, right. it could be fifty, sixty thousand uh, dollar difference exactly. if you just pay the same payment as the other one. So, yep, exactly. All right, we had a uh, we had a customer. Um, they were asking us about selling their house, um, and so here's what not to do, Chris. 
You ready for this? I can't wait. <laughs> Chris, do not overprice your listings, my friend. I agree. I agree. You know, it says about the bank, it's not going to lend more than what the house is worth. Yep. Um, which is a, a, a wonderful little negotiation tactic a lot of people are using. Um, you know, get the property and then uh, use the appraisal to try to get it cheaper and renegotiate. But, um, you know, a lot of appraisals aren't even going inside now, which is right. uh, kind of interesting. Uh, I've had I've had a number of them that, you know, when's that appraisal happening, you know? And because uh, everything is slow motion now, too. Everyone, mm -hmm. you know, the, the market's slowed, I mean, in general, and but everyone else is slowed with it. It's kind of like when you go to that restaurant yep. and it's packed and you get your food right away. Then sometimes you go and there's three tables and you sit there for, you know, 35 minutes waiting for your food. It's yeah. kind of like you're not in the, the you know, hell, you're just, you're not in the realm. You're right. It's not, you know, together. So um, anyways, they, uh, okay. you know, by overpricing your home, you, you just got to, I always tell people this. I said, you know, people don't go into a house at the beginning and say, you know what, Andy, you know, he listed his house, you know, and he listed it at 450 because Andy's really going to take 415 That's why he did it. They don't think that way. They go in right. and say, oh, it's 450 It's overpriced. Next. Yep. And then the year sits. And then all of a sudden, little problems become big problems. I always I always tell people, you know, hey, it, you know, it, it's your – ultimately, it's the seller's decision what they decide. You present all the information. You present the facts. You show how fast they sell. You show the other comparable sales. And they, they pick the actual sale price, right? But what I always say is don't price your house so that you sell the other active listings. Meaning you that you come in at the highest price, you're going to make somebody else look pretty darn good. And all of a sudden the offer is going to go from you to them because they're the better value. And, and that's what happens a lot in positioning. So I think right now more than ever, you have your real estate agent, um, take the time to understand how do you fit in to the ranking in that marketplace? Because you have to be the prettiest house at the best price to sell. Otherwise somebody else sells and it, it it's their turn next. And so, yeah, you can play the, I'm going to overprice it and ride this out for two or three extra weeks and, you know, second guess myself and beat myself up and be stressed out. And then uh, you end up getting the same price you would have got anyway, because I see it all the time. You know, I mean, when the agent says, hey, you're worth 400 and you list at 425 or 450 or whatever it is, and then you get an offer for 390, it's because those people are trying to get you back to where it's supposed to be at 400. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Um. Chris, don't let your emotions interfere with your sales. That's why you have a realtor. That's right. There you go. Seriously, it is. And uh, it's very hard to negotiate your own stuff. You know, I mean, someone comes over and buys your lawnmower and says, okay, I'll give you 500 and you wanted 1,000. It's kind of like, I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, I, I've had uh, my properties where I've had other people negotiate them for me. And not that I don't think I'm good. I think I'm good, really good at that. But yeah. uh, not with your own stuff. It just changes. It's kind of like, and you know how, I mean, I put myself in the place of my sellers or my buyers too, and you know how they feel, but that's our job to kind of lighten that, you know, and not make it, make, make it a, a personal thing or an emotional thing. Well, you know, and that's the thing. You, you get the, the house that you lived in, it's your home, and now you're putting it up for sale. How, how do you not take it all personally, right? It's like, but you, you see some customers that very crystal clear, detach themselves, they buy the new house, they move on, and this is just an asset that's being sold at a fair price. 
Um, and then, and then you get the other person that's like, Hey, listen, I've got the best view. I've got the best floor plan. I've got the best countertops. I've got the best windows. And, and it just, unfortunately there's, there's diminished returns on some investments. I mean, there's, you know, you can buy the hundred thousand dollar replacement window package that has a name brand on it. And maybe you really like it and you enjoy it. In that case, I say live there for a few years to get some enjoyment out of that investment. On the other hand, you get, you know, the, the pickup truck, you know, uh, remodeler that comes in and, and does it for 20,000. Well, they're both new windows. It's kind of like new tires on a car. And so it's like the consumer coming in, if they don't value the brand, it you're just overpriced to them. So anyway, after, be careful. Right, yeah, right after this too, I'm going to uh, an appointment where they're considering doing some improvements with the thought of selling within the next year or two years. Oh, wow. And one of the thoughts was is that they're going to turn over the garage into a deck and put a railing and, you know, after you know, it's all done and said, it's going to cost them like $50,000 to do it. And I'm like, you know, let me come over first because 50000 goes a long ways inside. And I could probably make you a heck of a lot more money, you know, and they can always think about, hey, maybe we could put a deck there. Now, if you're going to enjoy it and have fun with it, you know, there's some value in that. Sure. Um, whereas before I used to always say, oh, geez, I'm not putting on a screen porch because I won't get my money back on it. Well, you know what? A screen porch is kind of nice uh, to be able to sit on. There's no bugs that get me and the sun. I mean, it's perfect. And by the way, am I, um, am, am I uh Remax Advantage Plus here? Uh, you are on, uh, you're, ter- you're actually trespassing, sir. Uh, Mr. Wallenberg, uh, just let me off on this one. No, I, uh, I actually use a lot of these graphics myself when I do um, some of my social media posts, which brings up an interesting point. Um, Chris Rooney, um, you know, not only do we do the real estate uh, radio hour on Facebook, but follow us personally on, on Facebook or Instagram, whatever you like. Um, we're putting content out all the time, you know, ideas, things to share. And I don't care if you're a real estate agent or if you're a consumer, um, real estate affects all of us. You know, it's, it's, what is it? 24% of our GDP in the state of Minnesota. It, I like to stay informed. I like to, and, I, and you live in a house. Um, so anyway. Don't skip staging 1000%. Yep. So important. And, and you know what? Staging, staging is also uh, cleaning and decluttering. That's part of staging. I call it, I call it positioning, positioning your home uh, sure. to sell versus staging. Um, I, but it's, that's all part of it. It's not just putting new furniture in and, and cute flowers and, um, you know, trinkets. It's not that. It's, it's more than that. Agreed. I think it's, what if we, we used to use, use the phrase all the time called merchandising as well, so that people can visualize how that room is utilized best or the view or the, you know, the house itself and selling lifestyle, selling, you know, the usability or the flexibility of, of this room can be several things. So you have the Murphy wall bed next to the desk, next to the kid's PlayStation or whatever, and it can be a multi-use uh, flexible uh, room. And, and I think that that's something to be really examined, especially if you're, you know, let's say that you're, um, you're retiring and you're, you haven't had kids in the house for a long time and you're moving on to your retirement house, you're downsizing. And having a stager come in that can recognize the needs of the buyers that are in today's market that would buy your house, it, I think is extremely important. Like, for example, you take out the old uh, sitting TV room that maybe mom sat in and you turn that into a gaming room or you turn that into... Um, an office or something where people coming in that in today's market will say, 
wow, that's a great application. I, I didn't think I needed three bedrooms. I only needed two, but having the office would be great. Or the kid's PlayStation area, you know, or whatever. And that's, that's my explanation on positioning. So you yep. position it for who your buyer is, you know, and, and how, what, that, what those buyers are looking for. And, and that's what we're trying to create. You know, there's, there's dollars uh, that are spent that are very wise dollars to spend. Uh, and then there's some dollars that are just wasted and you're throwing them away. And hey, but if you enjoy it, then you enjoy it. But um, I think getting a realtor in there as quick as you can. I mean, we've, we've been in houses as early as four years before they're going to list. And what's interesting about those people, they're getting to enjoy uh, kind of what those things are. Now, there's some things that we want to wait, maybe if it's four years out on trends. So it might be like, hey, with the carpet, let's just kind of hang tight. Or maybe even with the paint, but maybe there's, you know, um, something, you know, that I mean, uh, a traditional type uh, classic style of white cabinets, I think is always going to happen, you know. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So. No, I, I think so too. And I think that, you know, it, it comes down to the, um, some people say, oh, my house isn't expensive enough or it isn't, you know, it, it's only a $250,000, whatever. Everything matters. I'm telling you, it really does. And so if it's something as simple as staging for you means getting the, the leaf bags off the side of the garage so that your house looks like it has more space for somebody to park a boat, that's staging. I don't care, you know, if it's outside, inside, whatever. Um, it all helps people visual. Think of it this way. You're helping people visualize what they can do with that space other than hold leaves, right? So eliminated objections, as many as you can. Yep. All right, Chris, last More. question here. Who do you think is buying in 2020? Millennials. Boom. Look at that. Well, that's the most of them. So it wasn't that tough of a, an answer for me. Right. Well, and so you're seeing that under uh, under 40 crowd right now is predominantly hitting the, uh, the, the marketplace. And you know what surprises me? Um, yesterday, sitting on a call, doing a Zoom call for a new build, and this young lady comes on the call, and I'm going to guess she wasn't even 30 years old. And she's looking at building uh, a beautiful, you know, house with a sport court and four bedrooms and 3,600 square feet. And I'm like, I would have never guessed that young of a, an individual business professional would have been buying that level of a home that young. And it, it never ceases to, you know, I'm surprised. And I, I'm, I was like, I was prouder from a papa perspective, like, good for you, kid, you know, go get it and uh, get that house. And, uh, but then I look back and I go, that's when I built my, my big home too. Um, when I thought I was important and I made a lot, I thought I made a lot of money and, uh, you know, built my more executive level home to raise my kids in and, and, um, but you know, so I think that's maybe us just getting older too. Yeah. And you've been landscaping ever since. I, Oh, I love that. Did you add any more? Yeah. I added six new shrubs last week. We, because we have a graduation party, hopefully coming up here in June. Yeah. And so wow. we are, I've never seen my wife work so hard. It's, it's actually, oh, it's, she's good at it too. And she's, and I'm like, all these years of you saying you don't know how to do this stuff. And I'm watching her just crank it out. It's, on it's, the landscaping part, you mean? Yeah. She yeah, put, awesome. uh, what was it, 90, was it 50 or 90? It was 100 bags of mulch in our yard. She kept going back to the store and buying more and buying more. I, so I told her, we've got a local landscaper. I'm like, let's just let the local guy do it. He'll, he'll, and she goes, 
he doesn't have shredded cypress. And she likes the shredded cypress because it once you put it down, it doesn't wash away, right? You can it, it it mats down and it like weaves together kind of and doesn't float away. And I agree with her because otherwise you have chips all over the yard or whatever. And and uh, I have a I lot of not, topography. I so. that. All right. Hey, we've got another. Is this it? Uh, not, yes. Okay. Well, hey, I'm gonna we gotta say some things we're thankful for. Um, number one, I'm thankful that I got a new Mac and that it's kind of fun and I always ripped on it and I'm learning it. That I had cocoa krispies this morning. Oh my god. Do you do you like those? Yes. They're awesome. You can't have a bad day with those. I'm looking very much forward to the next time I have a haircut. And I got a new app on my phone. Tell everyone it's called Wordscapes. I am on level, what is it, two two twenty. I told you that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's uh it's a it's a new one. It's it's really fun. We, uh, you know, I was going to say, talking about having a good breakfast, we had uh, Abby on our team. She's a new real estate agent. And uh, she says, do you, do you by chance like caramel rolls? And I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> he brought over yesterday a, a tray of fresh homemade caramel rolls. And I'll tell you what, in today's craziness and busyness and, you know, nothing felt better than to have somebody make you caramel rolls. It was a gesture of gratitude. Um, I was so excited. I've told everybody about it. I, I keep, and I'm like, it goes to show, you know, those of us that are at home that are in a position to be generous with something like that. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. It's time, it's love. And I, I, like I've said, I, I, I've told no less than probably 25 people since since I, I got those rolls. And, and I'm gonna tell you as a listeners, thank you, thank you, Abby. Um, it was a wonderful little treat and it, it was bigger than just the rolls. It was, it, it's a, it's a bigger gesture than that. And, and so, I, uh, and to get great, heart, I appreciate it. To get the Andy's heart go through his stomach, right? Correct. Her, yeah. her father, uh, Rob, uh, is, is, uh, makes us, they're from up in Virginia, right? So they make pasties, uh, their church makes fresh pasties and they freeze them up and they'll send them down. And oh my gosh, I've, I've, uh, really enjoyed helping What's those guys. Pasty? What's that? What's that? What's what's a pasty? You know, it's a it's a out, outer like a, a dough kind of a, a shell, almost like a gigantic empanada, um, or like a calzone, or a, um, but it's it's full of um, everything from uh, root vegetables like carrots, rutabaga, potatoes, and then they do a variety of meats in there, um, kind of like it comes across as like meatloaf chunks almost, where it's pork, beef, um, you know, put together, and it, oh my gosh. They're fantastic. Yeah. You dip them in a little gravy. Oh. You know what you're reminding me of is when you're at Peter's <laughs> and Chen House. Oh, yeah. That? Yeah. Well, tried to share a roll. So awesome. All right. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, we'll uh, see you all next week, huh? Sounds good. Oh, wait. Maybe now I'll shut, I'll shut us all off. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.